This episode of Ridiculous History is brought to you by Uber. Introducing Uber Teen Accounts, an Uber account for your teen with trackable trips and highly rated drivers. Your teen can feel a sense of independence and you, as the parent, can follow their ride on a live tracking map. Yeah, when your teen requests a trip, they're matched with highly rated, experienced drivers and you receive real-time notifications. And, you know, I've actually been using Uber Teen lately to help my teen uh, get to and from various events. The other week, I used it to get them and their friend uh, to and from a concert in Atlanta. And today, they're actually going to use it to get home from a football game. It makes them feel safe, and it lets me know that they're safe. I absolutely love it. And today, you can get 40% off. That's up to $15 off three Uber teen rides. Valid for the first 30 days for new users in select markets. See app for details. Add your teen to your account today. Available in select locations. See app for details. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Automatically keeps out the sounds you don't want to hear so you can listen to your music. And lowers your music to let in the sounds you do need to hear. Hi there. Hi, what can I get you? I'll have a strawberry mango coconut probiotic smoothie with wheatgrass. Anything else? Extra wheatgrass. Here you go. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Available on AirPods Pro second generation when enabled. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a Corolla built just for you. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Ridiculous History is a production of iHeartRadio. Welcome back to the show, Ridiculous Historians. Thank you, as always, so much for tuning in. That's our man, the myth, the legend, our super producer, Mr. Max Williams. Serial sucks! Whoa, whoa. Yeah, he's a regular serial killer. I'm Ben Bullen. That's uh, Mr. Noel Brown. Yeah. Noel, off air, uh, we talked real quick, and we were just checking in, and I asked you and Max whether you guys had eaten any cereal today. Yeah, I haven't. It's not a go-to for me. I like it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I like the nostalgia factor, uh, I think, first and foremost. Like, things like Honey Nut Cheerios sure. and Fruit Loops and all of that good stuff. But mm-hmm. it's not like a thing that I keep around, um, you know, regularly in the pantry. Now, ridiculous historians listening along with your kids or ridiculous historians who are teachers playing this episode, please know I'm about to say something that's 100% real. Back when I was a stoner, I loved Reese's Puff cereal. I did not eat it with milk. I just made bad decisions and then would absolutely house a box of this. (laughs) Folks, when we're talking cereal, though, we're not talking the scientific definition, which is any grass that is cultivated for edible components. 
right? Yeah. Technically. That's like that's a food group, right? That's one of the little bits on the food pyramid. Right. We're talking, uh, we're, we're not talking just straight grains. We're talking about the weird thing known as <laughs> breakfast cereal, right? You walk through a grocery store in many parts of the world and you will see aisles devoted to uh to these things called cereals which are almost exclusively marketed as a breakfast dish right what what are some cereal oh oh no you and i always give our ride or die mr matt frederick from stuff they don't want you to know we always give him uh, a hard time we roast him a little because that guy as Brilliant and lovable as he is, he loves Raisin Bran, oh, which is so like does, two of the worst things oh, together. Dude, so does my girlfriend, and I give her, I give what, her a hard Daisy time. Yeah, Raisin Bran. Yeah, days of Raisin Bran. Uh, um, she likes those extra scoops, you know, those scoops. extra raisins. Yeah, however many. And it's she says too- that, uh, that 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 raisins are nature's candy. I say. Raisins are nature's rat turds, yeah, which are already <laughs> nature's rat turds. We've been uh, actual we've been rat good. turds. We've been going, uh, we've been going a little hard on the raisins. Earlier, I called them grapes that didn't make it, yeah, uh, which is true. But you could say the same of wine that's made of grapes that didn't make it. But uh, look, chances are, folks, and shout out to our research associate for this, Mr. Max Williams. Oh, what? Yeah, do the sound cue. Uh, Chances are you have walked through a supermarket or grocery store aisle, or you might even stop by a convenience store, and you'll see some, some sort of packaged breakfast cereal. For a long time, this has been marketed to humans as something that has a a lot of convenience and a lot of nutrition. The weird term used for this is part of a balanced breakfast. Shout out to Edward Bernays. Oh, no doubt. And in terms of the marketing, I mean, obviously a huge swath of this stuff is marketed directly at kids or maybe uh, adults for nostalgic purposes. You'll notice uh-huh, also fair. Uh, but you'll notice like around ha- Halloween, they'll they'll do like the yummy mummies and count mm-hmm. choculas of the mm-hmm. world and make a big to do about that. I think that is a nostalgia play because those cereals we associate with cartoon uh, television commercials from when we were a kid. And then you've got all these other legacy brands like, you know, what is it? The Sugar Bear, you know, who sure. seems more like a heroin addict than a, than a stoner to me. Also yeah. aspirational. You got Wheaties with athletes yeah. on the on the cover. Oh, got to eat your Wheaties. Or what does he say? Be like Mike or whatever. You know, de- definitely aspirational in the same way that pump-up shoes were supposedly going to make mm. your game improve, which is obviously not not true. You know, uh, what's his name? Ice-T, the, the rapper and television star. He's really a big fan of uh, Cheerios, and he is a spokesperson for Cheerios, but apparently he actually really digs the stuff. And, Cheerios like, are, are, are decent. Cheerios are a decent, a decent snack, just like a granola bar, right? Not to be abused. Max, I mean, you got some feelings. Come in here. I mean, Cheerios are like the best of cereals, which makes it come out to like a C minus rating. Now, there's actually are some good cereals. I agree with you with the uh, Reese's Cocoa Puffs. Remember the ones that uh, were were it was basically the same recipe, but shaped like little basketballs. 
that was a sports tie-in that had nothing to do with uh, improving your game or your diet because those things are made of garbage, made of actual garbage, at least in terms of the sugar content and preservatives and all of that kind of stuff. We're going to get into that. And here we are, a world in which you will find weirdly specific marketing for a weirdly specific meal of the day. How did we get here? How did how did a specific type or genre of food become associated with health consciousness? How did it become associated with breakfast? It turns out this all began at a amazing moment of intersections between a great many variables. Now you've heard of Kellogg and we we trust that if you are a fellow ridiculous historian, you know a lot of the stories of you know related to Kellogg about how he just hated people having any sort of sensual joy. Uh, but our real hero in this story, or protagonist, perhaps, is or a guy. Antagonist. <laughs> okay, antagonist. Big bad. Big bad. Uh, a character of a person of interest, a character of note, is a guy named Dr. James Caleb Jackson. And this guy plays a huge role in the recent invention of what we call cereal today happens 1863 no dr jackson is not a super bad person he he's a abolitionist yeah yeah he's an abolitionist he's also a big a proponent of drinking lots of water uh, and staying hydrated, all that. I think we can all agree that's that's probably a smart move and not too difficult to do of all the health-related things that we can do in our day-to-day. He was the founder of a, a well-known facility called the Jackson Sanitarium in New York. I don't know the history of, of that specific facility, although I do know the troubled history of sanitariums in this country in general. So I wouldn't be surprised if some bad stuff went down there. Probably not directly caused by Mr. Jackson, but we know that, you know, sometimes it's a slippery slope. Uh, but again, I don't know about this one in particular, but wouldn't be surprised. Well, he uh, is the guy who decided that water was the most cleansing material that could enter a human body. And as a result, he mixed water with graham flour and he baked it. And then he said, I have the first ready to eat cereal. Let's give uh let's give some kind of uh whatever you feel is appropriate, Max, sound design wise. He said I shall call this first ready-to-eat cereal granula. G-R-A-N-U-L-A. It sounds a little sinister. I don't know why, but granula sounds like, I don't know, it sounds like a a think piece. It sounds like it's uh, a Francis Ford Coppola or Werner Herzog 
film. It you sounds know? like the building blocks of all reality, you know, like some kind of like, you know, atomic particle granula, you know, but like something that maybe like the Greeks or some philosopher would have referred to that as. By the way, I was pronouncing the word wrong. It is sanatorium. And this place was created much more as a health spa and resort. Mm. So using that word Maybe sanatorium and sanitarium are two different things. I think mm-hmm. they very much they are. are. They okay, much so are. just no, I retract my shade against the Jackson Sanatorium <laughs> for potentially uh, housing uh, abuses of, of individuals with mental illness. I mean, I, I got to actually issue an attraction also. I called this guy an antagonist, but he was an abolitionist. So it, it, that feels harsh for me. So I'm going to say, sorry, Dr. Jackson, I am for real. And then I'm going to stop right there. No, oh, okay. <laughs> I love it. Uh, and, I, and no, Max, you did that reference in a way that will not allow us to be sued. Go us. This episode of Ridiculous History is brought to you by Uber Teen. Introducing Uber Teen Accounts, an Uber account for your teen with trackable trips and highly rated drivers. This is important stuff. Your teen can feel a sense of independence and you can follow their entire ride on that live tracking map. And, you know, I've actually been using Uber Teen lately to help my teen uh, get to and from various events. The other week, I used it to get them and their friend uh, to and from a concert in Atlanta. And today they're actually going to use it to get home from a football game. I watch every step of the way uh, from the moment the car's called to when they get in and then I can track their progress to and from their destination. It makes them feel safe and it lets me know that they're safe. I absolutely love it. Mm -hmm. And here's how it works. When your team requests a trip, they are matched with highly rated experienced drivers and you receive those real-time notifications as well as enhanced safety features. That's right. Pin verification, in fact, to ensure that your team enters the right vehicle. Live trip tracking for parents. Plus, you, the parent, can contact the driver directly from the app. And don't delay. Today, you can get 40% off. That's up to $15 off three Uber Teen rides. Valid for the first 30 days for new users in select markets. See app for details. Add your teen to your account today. Available in select locations. See app for details. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. Sometimes to get what you want, you have to challenge the status quo and blaze your own trail. We're nothing if not trailblazers here at Ridiculous History. And you know also is a huge uh, iconoclastic challenger of the status quo, Ben? Who is that, Noel? Well, I think you know. Hmm. It's Harry's. Yes, it's Harry's. They saw customers getting ripped off by all kinds of like slipshod, questionable products in the shaving industry. And they said, hey, you got to be the change. I was excited to try out the Winston set. It's an all-in-one package. You get some shaving cream. You get that great razor we're talking about. They also have deodorant. Yeah, I was about to say. Very helpful. I do really enjoy uh, their line of self-care products. Um, Richly lathering, skin-softening body washes and scents like redwood, wildlands, and stone. 
You want to know what a stone smells like? I've often wondered. Only you know you can. <laughs> so don't settle for the status quo, folks. Blaze your own trail with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash history. Once again, that's harrys.com slash history for a $3 trial set. This granula was not meant to be tasty. It was not Captain Crunch. It was not Choco Puffs or whatever. Uh, Yummy Mummy. Or Yummy Mummy. Thank you. Frankenberry. Yeah, Frankenberry. No, perfect. You're nailing it. There's a Pantheon there. Uh, and I appreciate <laughs> yes, you. Exactly. The, uh, <laughs> this stuff, granula, was not convenient. You had to soak it overnight just to be able to eat it that next morning and you had to soak it in milk and this spoke to some part of the public in the united states and they created uh, dr jackson created our home granula company people loved it uh if you want to learn more about companies that were founded on weird sectarian or cult-like ideas do check out stuff they don't want you to know Companies started by cults. Mm -hmm. uh, for now, what you need to know is that uh, in 1866, someone who was a, a big fan of Dr. J, a person named Ellen White, who would go on to help found, actually be the primary founder of the Seventh-day Adventist Church, started something in Battle Creek, Michigan, called the Western Health Reform Institute. Mm -hmm. And I swear that's my last backtrack. Turns out sanitarium and sanatorium, the same thing. They are just an antiquated term, initially used to refer to specialized medical clinics of any kind, mm -hmm. and then mainly associated with the negative uh, version of that. We don't call them that anymore. We call them psychiatric Facility what a time. Or, or, yeah, anyway, just making what sure so they are the same thing, but it's like referred to variably as sanitarium and sanatorium in all of the material that we found mm -hmm. and, and online. A lot of people have this confusion. So I hope, hope that cleared it up for anybody. But yeah, That's awesome. you could consider at the time this facility to also be one of those, you know, um, this, yeah, the health, the uh, Western Health Reform Institute in Battle Creek, Michigan, founded this with her husband uh, named James wasn't particularly well received in the early years. Not a lot of people, you know, took to this idea. Obviously, for like this two is, decades. 100%. Yeah, this is something that you would, you know, you'd sign up for and pay money for, you know. But in 1866, Ellen decided to take a chance on a, a young upstart by the name of John Harvey Kellogg. Yes, that's the one. Um, uh, she hired him to help actually provide some marketing assistance to hopefully get the word out and, uh, and create sort of an image that maybe she hadn't quite hit on yet. And this also allowed Kellogg to study at New York's Bellevue Hospital, where he started to think about ways to make like ready-to-eat cereal, not the overnight soaking variety available to the general public. And it's funny too, I just want to add like overnight oats and things like that's actually become like a trendy thing now yeah. where yeah. you go to a fancy like brunch places and they'll have like overnight oats. So what is old is now new again. <laughs> so what you're saying is all cereal is cyclical? I think so. <laughs> it's certainly possible. The cereal cycle? Ah, yeah. geez. Okay. 
I, uh, oh my gosh, I have a list of puns for this episode and I have not shared them. Uh, and hopefully if we're doing a great job, we won't have to hear any of them because I'm going to be honest with you, Noel, Max, fellow ridiculous historians, these are all terrible puns. They're like zero out of 10. Anyway, you nailed it. This guy, Kellogg, he goes back to Battle Creek and he sees that the Institute that Ellen and her husband James have started is really struggling. You know, they're, they're having a tough time becoming sustainable. They don't know whether they will be able to continue the Institute in the future. So he renames it to your excellent earlier point, Noel, Battle Creek Sanitarium. And he says the following, he says, look, you got to eat vegetables, right? Eating the, eating the flesh of dead animals might be bad for you. You got to eat the way that our ancestors other primates, monkeys, eat simple food, fruits, veg, not too much of it. Stop overeating. This guy, this Kellogg guy would hate an all-you-can-eat buffet. And right. honestly, all-you-can-eat buffets, I speak from unfortunate experience, should come with a warning. They should be all-you-should-eat buffets. But that's a, you know, that's a, that's a tough crossroads for anyone who sees a bunch of crab legs uh, and some potato salad uh, and a potato and some green beans, whatever. Well, uh, you know, I mean, the, the all you can eat buffet model does put a lot of impetus on the individual to exercise some self-control. Some people, though, are not uh, are not as capable as others maybe of doing that. I am um, not. Yeah. So, no. you know, we do live in a country where you're not going to turn someone down just because maybe they look like they shouldn't have another plate of spaghetti. Hey, you know? spaghetti's all right, though. Oh, it my gosh. Indeed. I have a horse in the race. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> I like spaghetti. Uh, all-you-can-eat spaghetti buffet. That'd be fun. Remember Fazoli's? That was oh, kind of what that was yeah. like. Yeah, Fazoli's. It was like yeah. a pasta buffet, kind mm-hmm. of a build your mm-hmm. own pasta mm-hmm. thing. Um, but yeah, vegetarianism, whole foods, right? What we would think of today is kind of the more holistic health approach. It hasn't changed a whole heck of a lot. And Kellogg um, gets pretty popular with this. Well, because of things like like influencers, the same way we see certain trend diets or whatever you call them, fad diets kind of hit today because of, you know, celebrities that take them on and either they're getting paid by them or they really just truly believe in it. But we're talking about the celebrities or influencers of the day. Amelia Earhart before she disappeared mysteriously. Um, Thomas Edison. Big deal. That guy before he ripped off. Or while he was ripping off numerous unacknowledged inventors. A hundred percent. Yeah, that's sort of the name of the game when it comes to inventors in those days. Like, rip off, but rip off well. And, of course, President Taft, mm-hmm. who was, I think he was, he was relatively beloved. It was he, in the era, yeah. He famously struggled with fitness, is a diplomatic way to put it. Like he got caught in the bathtub? Hey, come on. Different episode, Max. <laughs> but uh, hey, we all know I love Taft. I I come I out and defend Taft a lot. I know. If you had a tattoo, it would be him. But the uh, in the late 1870s or early 1880s, Kellogg starts making his own version of Ellen White's formula, which again is descended from Doctor Jackson, right? And Ooh. And he said, yeah, if you're nasty. Uh, and he says, we'll put this wheat flour together with oatmeal 
and we'll put it together with cornmeal and we'll make a um a very carb heavy paste or agglomeration yes. of that. Yeah, you make it sound so so delightful. A right. carb heavy paste. <laughs> that sounds amazing. Welcome to cereal. Have you encountered a carbohydrate deficit in your life? Consider the following granula. Yeah. Uh well, Jackson, Dr. J, sues Kellogg because he says, Kellogg, you're taking my shine. You're taking this idea that I had and you're making it look like it was your own. And so Kellogg pops back and says, hey, no beef. Let's not get beefed up. I'm a vegetarian. I'm going to rename this granola One instead letter. of granula. Very vanilla ice. It is, but I have to say, can we all agree that granola sounds way more appealing than granula? It's got a much better mouthfeel to it. Yeah, uh, you were waiting for that one. Well, <laughs> you know, Ola, just it sounds fun, like Crayola, you know, or like Oshkosh Bagosh. Not the same thing, but it, it has the, the smack of branding to it, whereas granula sounds really clinical. And like you said, like some sort of weird, you know, supplement or, or, I mean, or it yeah. sounds like the building blocks of a spacefaring civilization in a Wojanowski film. There 100%. it is. Well, this is the thing as well. We're we're also very clearly basing our emotional reactions on the times in which we are alive. Uh granola had one huge advantage. It wasn't beat me here. It wasn't fucking hardtack. You guys know about hardtack? Mm-hmm. Hardtack I mean, is terrible. I mean, it's yeah, hardtack is sort of a category, right? I mean, isn't it just sort of like gruel, basically? No, it's way. Oh, it's something specific. Okay. Yeah, hardtack is a. Um, oof. Okay, let's be honest. Uh, hardtack is technically like a biscuit or a oh, cracker, right. but it is it doesn't go bad. It's just so concentrated and so derived of water, so dehydrated that you can injure your mouth and jaw (laughs) attempting to eat it without dipping it in something or somehow diluting it. That's why granula or whatever had to be soaked in milk overnight. Granola is a commercial success because Kellogg figured out some cool stuff. So he gets with his brother, William Kellogg, and he creates really what we would call the origins of breakfast cereal today. And people love it. People love it so much so that, of course, other people enter the fray. What did you say earlier, Noel? It was 1886 by 1895, I think. There's a new challenger on the board. Yeah, because, I mean, at the end of the day, we're talking about sort of reconstituted grain material. So that's why the lawsuit was only about the name, the branding. You can't really copyright or trademark the idea of, you know, putting wet stuff into dry stuff and making it somewhat edible. So, you know, the, the CW Post came along who was actually a former patient at the Battle Creek Sanitarium um, and was impressed with Kellogg's methods, you know, and his experiments with grain. So he he kind of did what Kellogg did with, uh, with, uh, with the previous uh, inventor or the granula and kind of started his own thing, his own company. His creation was called Postum. 
And it was like a a beverage. No, you know, spell it, was, it out. Yeah. Spell it out so everybody knows. Postum. P-O-S-T-U-M. That sounds like a medical excretion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all of these... <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, granola is really the one that stuck stuck around. Obviously, Postum uh, was a, 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 a play on his last name, and then ultimately they dropped the um because I don't know anything about this product and created the Post Cereal Company, which is also huge and easy to confuse which cartoon mascots go with which you know brand. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if the same parent company owns both of them at this point. Uh, but- at this point. It's hard to say, but um, this guy, Tony Sherman, um, who is the general manager of Post Foods, said he described it as a cereal beverage intended to replace coffee in the morning, which I don't understand because people drink coffee because of the caffeine. So this was a caffeine free coffee substitute, which, again, speaking of useless things, you know, like nipples on a breastplate or whatever, uh, as the Game of Thrones folks would say, um, caffeine free coffee is I don't understand. Yeah, I don't get it. But, you know, all the best to these folks. He says, don't let your kids share your coffee. What you should do is give them this stuff. We call it Postum. It's a child-friendly beverage, essentially. And around the same year, the brothers Kellogg start experimenting with flakes of grain. Uh, You can see examples of this in packages of things like granose flakes, G-R-A-N-O-S-E, granose flakes, which would be one of the first on-the-shelf breakfast cereals. And all it said was enrich the blood, which sounds very much like a vampire made that and wants to drink the blood of children. You could get the vibe from the Kellogg's primary motivation, which is the world should eat less meat and eat more grains. And technically, that is true. Check out The Omnivore's Dilemma by Michael Pollan. This message is a very big deal in the early days of cereal because the cereal brands are trying to convince people to walk away from the typical agrarian breakfast, which is, you know, eggs, meat of some sort, a lot of bread. They're saying, hey, you know, stay nutritious, but also this is, you know, very Steve Brule for your health. This episode of Ridiculous History is brought to you by Uber Teen. Introducing Uber Teen Accounts, an Uber account for your teen with trackable trips and highly rated drivers. This is important stuff. Your teen can feel a sense of independence and you can follow their entire ride on that live tracking map. And, you know, I've actually been using Uber Teen lately to help my teen uh, get to and from various events. The other week, I used it to get them and their friend uh, to and from a concert in Atlanta. And today they're actually going to use it to get home from a football game. I watch every step of the way uh, from the moment the car's called to when they get in and then I can track their progress to and from their destination. It makes them feel safe and it lets me know that they're safe. I absolutely love it. Mm -hmm. And here's how it works. When your team requests a trip, they are matched with highly rated experienced drivers and you receive those real-time notifications as well as enhanced safety features. That's right. Pin verification, in fact, to ensure that your team enters the right vehicle. Live trip tracking for parents. Plus, you, the parent, can contact the driver directly from the app. And don't delay. Today, you can get 40% off 
That's up to $15 off three Uber teen rides. Valid for the first 30 days for new users in select markets. See app for details. Add your teen to your account today. Available in select locations. See app for details. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview, Great Falls, offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. This episode of Ridiculous History is brought to you by Mint Mobile. After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by overpriced wireless providers, if we've learned anything, it's this. There's always a catch. So when we heard that Mint Mobile wireless plans are just $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan, we thought, what's the catch? So we dug in, and after talking to them, it all made sense. There isn't a catch. Can you believe that? Mint Mobile's got a secret sauce, babies, and it is that they sell wireless service online and by doing so, cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet, sweet, delicious savings directly onto you. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash ridiculous. That's mintmobile.com slash ridiculous. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash ridiculous. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. And whether they realized it or not, this was another one of those kind of like the food of the future, you know, like mm. the microwave. And uh, what was the other one we did recently? Like, um, you know, oven pre pre frozen uh, meals that you could put in the oven. It was seen as this like convenient one stop shop to get all those same nutrients. So it was kind of marketed in that way to a degree. Um, Post actually beat Kellogg to the market. Oh my uh, God, we're going to talk about it. Our yeah. favorite. <laughs> Our favorite cereal. It makes no sense. Yeah. yeah. Grape nuts, uh, which contains, much like an egg cream, uh, neither grape nor nuts. Uh, egg cream contains neither egg nor cream. And it's like, it's like rabbit food, like like little pellets that you'd buy in a giant sack, you know, from a pet store. It'll uh, keep you sober, though. That was their pitch. And regular, <laughs> apparently. Yeah. Yeah, you can just poop all the time and never drink booze. Yeah, you start to poop just like dark matter, you know, at this point, just like the density. It's like, yeah. Anyway, there's a reason we don't eat like like rabbits, you know, or or apes. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not saying this isn't fine for some people. Maybe a steady diet of grape nut and cream of wheat, you know, is great for some people. But you don't eat grape nuts like you're not eating grapes. You're not eating nuts. You're also not pooping grapes, nor are you pooping nuts. This whole thing, stem to stern, it's a grift. It's like a what? grift that's still around to this day in those uh, those uh, the grocery store aisles that you were talking about, Ben. Granted, it's a very small box. <laughs> and like, isn't your dad really into grape nuts, Max? My dad eats grape nuts every single morning. When like the pandemic was yeah. first starting up, it was really hard to get stuff. They were out of grape nuts. And it was like, he was like considering paying $60 for a box of grape nuts off of what? Amazon. That's because it's like him and like 50 other old men. That they're the only ones that eat it. They right. should start a cabal. Bro. Yeah, 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 yeah. Also, Max, the supply. Max, you should give, you should give this quote from uh, Karen 
Gendel here, Karen Gendel, uh, who was a manager of Grape Nuts. Yes, yes, yes. They, they said Grape Nuts was people eating advertising. Which, yeah. And they ate it up. They ate it up and had did. seconds. They ate you a know, lot of advertising. Way bacon. I mean, it, it is it is a very similar story where you're taking something kind of unappealing on its surface and selling it. I mean, granted, I like bacon way better than grape nuts. It's 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 a much tastier uh, grift, but a grift just the same. I like the idea. Let's reopen ridiculous history cinema and let's let's just play around with the idea of a title called a tasty grift. That's pretty cool. <laughs> uh, okay, so back into back into the time of Serial's Ascendance, 1906. The Kellogg Bros, Will Kellogg specifically, they took the rights from things like Cornflake and the Kellogg Dame. Will took it from his brother, and they beefed up about ingredients primarily because... Will said, we need to add sugar to this original recipe. This is where they start exploiting children and parents. The first boxes of Kellogg's cornflakes were just flakes. And then they started focusing on sugar. And they started saying they're delicious. They're distinctive in flavor. Children, go tell your parents that other parents will call you poor if you don't buy me sugar in the morning in flake form. And they didn't talk about health benefits. And they didn't have to because at this point, people were brainwashed. So is this Kellogg getting greedy and totally abandoning his, you know, holistic lifestyle approach? Or is this like, at this point, is the, the company passed out of his hands or something? Because it seems very counter to all of his, you know, uh, healthy, feel-goodery kind of attitude. John Harvey Kellogg is the healthy, feel-goodery kind of guy in the conversation. His brother, Will Kellogg, is the guy who runs this stuff now. Uh -huh. yeah. I would just think that that would cause some strife between the brothers, maybe. Um, it's like, you've taken my, my vision and mm -hmm. you bastardized it. Now you're trying to kill children with it. But also, did they know as much about sugar then and how bad it was for you that we know today? I don't think so. It was more no. of a luxury. Yeah. Not so. at that point. They just knew it was a way to sell boxes. That's know? right. Yeah, boxes you, of You guilt the grain. parents. You guilt the parents through the children. You sell the stuff. Kellogg, Will Kellogg, also put a lot of effort into making sure that people were buying genuine Kellogg's, right? Because there were a lot of other people coming in the mix, you know? There's like uh, the Max and Alex Williams, totally legit breakfast flakes or something like that. They're what I good. like. Yeah, what I like about that name is how short and witty it is. Uh, <laughs> there's also there's also this idea that people are buying based on celebrity. As we see in a great work by Jaya Zasina on SeriousEats.com, American consumers were buying cereal because they were intrigued. They wanted to be part of the Kellogg story. So Kellogg is trying to trying to say, look, we have to redefine what constitutes an 
American breakfast. Something hearty, eggs, some sort of protein from an animal, uh, some sort of carbohydrate, etc. How do we make milk and our proprietary grains look like they are on the level or superior to that? Uh, we can get stuff on the shelves, but how do we make people feel like they need it? Oh, man, I just got to insert a little interesting bit of trivia. Uh, William Keith Kellogg's signature Mm. is the Kellogg logo, sort of like Walt Disney Company is Walt Disney's signature. I I just thought that was some clever, you know, Mm. typography. But if you look, you you can see his signature. And uh, the Kellogg School of Management in Evanston, Illinois, uh, was was founded or at least um, uh, through a $10 million gift that he made. I think it was named after him. It was called something else for them. That is still a very prestigious business school to this day. Yeah, yeah. And that's back when $10 million really counted for something. That's right. Uh, So a lot of the package ideas or designs, and I'm so glad you talk about the, the logo and the signature here. A lot of these designs, the things you would see when you're walking in your grocery store, they focused on how awesome it was to have a bowl of cereal. You don't need all this other junk in the morning. All you got to do is eat this bowl as part of a ballast breakfast, which comes later. Anyway, fast forward, 1922, there's a thing called Washburn's Whole Wheat Flakes. Let me do that again with a different voice. Washburn's Whole Wheat Flakes, because it sounds so Monty Burns, doesn't it? Like, yeah, that it sounds, sounds like, like a made-up, boring cereal. Smithers, thing. fetch me the Washburn's Whole Wheat Flakes. Yeah, and also with the word wash in there, just that I immediately think of like dishwasher detergent, you know, or like the kind of soap flakes you used back mm. in like the fifties or whatever to to wash your clothes in. Um, yeah, man, this is you know Washburn's Whole Wheat Flakes uh, did pretty well, right? Yeah, yeah, you may recognize it today as Wheaties, or I think we're just supposed to say. Wheaties. Yeah, uh, gotta eat your Wheaties or eat yeah. your better eat your whatever. Any number of sports icon figures have been associated with that brand. With I don't know. I mean, do you think that they look at like the stats before they agree to sign on? No, nah, they just know Michael Jordan did it and they're like, cool, we're we're gonna be associated with this brand. Because it's all about kind of legacy brand associations. And if you want to be like Mike, then you also promote the same cereal that Mike did. But, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, the fact of the matter is, whether you agree with this notion of eating cereal for breakfast being better or worse than, um, you know, eggs and bacon or whatever it might be, potatoes, it is still just a giant carb load, you know, um, that does have vitamins and minerals and things, I guess, inserted into them. I'm so glad you said that because Washburn's Whole Wheat Flakes were, uh, or Wheaties, were marketed as a perfect food, semicolon, ready to eat. And then Post, who was like the Pepsi in this conversation, uh, Post Toasties called themselves a four-star breakfast treat. Get this, Noel. Combining flavor, nourishment, vitamins, and economy. 
in a single box. Oh, sweet, sweet economy. Ooh, if I could but taste it. Yes, well, now you can. <laughs> um, and again, we know at this point, these are all pretty samey, right? The types of cereals that are hitting the market and that are doing well. So we really start to get into this diversification of cereals and this marketing towards kids uh, with the advent of mascots, these cartoon mascots, some of which have changed very fascinatingly over time. Like uh, the, uh, what is it? I think it's um, Lucky Charms didn't used to be repped by a leprechaun. It used to be a wizard. And, you know, certain of these mascots that have been around forever have had like various changes uh, over the years. So that's an interesting thing to track if you ever want to go down a bit of an internet rabbit hole. That's right, folks. This is a two-part episode because uh, thanks to Noel and Max, we are going to need two episodes to talk about this serial. Uh, we've spent a lot of time off air. I don't know how much is going to make it into the edit talking about breakfast cereal. So we're going to call this a two-parter. We're going to pause for now, but I got to say thank you to anyone who is eating cereal as you hear this. And before we end part one, Noel, I have to ask you, cereal with milk, cereal without milk, where? Oh, yeah, I'll tell you. So here's, a, here's a life hack for you. Cereal with chocolate milk. Ooh. We'll talk more about that. Our other cereal preferences, cereal mascots, the proliferation of uh, health issues with children, and all of the various uh, pitfalls of marketing without proper science and research. Uh, in the second part of our cereal cereal. That's mm -hmm. the second one was with an S. We're literally serial podcasters right now, folks. Thank you for joining us on the journey. Thanks, as always, to our super producer, research associate, Mr. Max Williams. Thanks to his brother, Alex Williams, composed this banging track. Uh, thanks to Christopher Hasiotis, Eve's Jeffcoat. And by the way, before now, we usually roast the hell out of our pal Jonathan Strickland, aka the Quister, but there was a big storm that came through the fair metropolis of Atlanta. He was unable to make it today because he's working on some stuff with his house. And as we always, you know, we give the guy a hard time, rightly so, because he's a real jerk to us on air, but uh, we do have his back and we do wish him well. So thank you to you, Jonathan, mm. if you hear this. Yeah, thank you to you, Jonathan. Thank you to you, Super Producer Max, for putting together such an amazing uh, bundle of research on this topic. So much. It was an embarrassment of riches that we did have to make it a two-parter. Uh, and of course, thanks to you, Ben. Captain Crunch also ties into phone freaking hacking. Yeah, and it cuts the roof of your mouth, too. We'll see you next time, folks. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. And that makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, 
assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. Don't forget to pack the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies for a post-errands pick-me-up. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies.